Well, it's good to be back with you. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had a sinus infection? They're terrible, you know it? Well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> um, how about food poisoning? That's the worst thing's ever happened to me. You know what that, you know what, you know why I bring all that up? That's kind of like what it's like to look at yourself on a video. <laughs> Vivian and I watched the letter from home um, before we came over here, and then we watched it again. And I really don't like watching myself, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. That has nothing to do with the lesson. I just thought I'd share that with you. Hey, we're talking about um, what is a friend, and uh, we started that last week. Um, I, I provided some outlines for you this week. Um, I think Michael kind of encouraged me to do that, and so I provided that for you if you'd like to take notes. I saw some of you taking notes um, last week. Uh, before we get into the actual, I'm going to share with you the characteristics of a friend this week. Actually, I'm going to share eight of them with you this week and eight next week. Um, and I'll go through them relatively quickly, but um, let me make a couple of general statements before um, we get into that, maybe as kind of a, a review. Um, Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that kind of a friend, those, those kind of friends are far and few between, and, and they're precious when you have them. And as I said last week, you... It's good to have a friend like that, and I would encourage you to look for friends like that, but I would also tell you more than that, you need to be a friend like that. Um, as believers, we need to be the kind of a friend that that proverb is talking about. Um, as I think about friendships, I, I think I kind of maybe would classify this word friends into three different groups, and that is... Um, Godly friends, and then you have worldly friends, and then somewhere in between there is acquaintances. And acquaintances, I think, could be both godly acquaintances and worldly acquaintances. Now, believers, let me say a little bit about a believing friend. A believing friend, you... you you know, you know these folks, when you have a friend like this, these kinds of relationships should be reciprocal. Now, again, these are just some general things. I haven't got into my notes yet, but they should be reciprocal. These kinds of friends, friends that you should be and friends that you need, you put into one another. They're not one-sided. And the only way to have a friend like that is believing friends. Those are believers. Um, and they're actually the only ones that should put in, really, who puts into your life should be a believer. Um, and it takes time to develop those kinds of friendships. Now, let me say a little bit about um, unbelieving or what we might call worldly friends. Remember, we said last week that James, that James says that we are not to be we are not to have friendships with the world. We are not to be in friendships with the world. Now, that doesn't mean we aren't in relationships with, with the world or with people who don't know the Lord. We should be in relationships with them because we want to share the Lord with them, right? But 
But it cannot, you know, hear this, it cannot be and it should not be reciprocal. When the Bible says do not be yoked together with unbelievers, what that means is, I know we talk about that in terms of a marriage relationship, but when you're when you're talking about not being yoked together with unbelievers, when you are in relationships with believers, you do not allow them to give you advice. You do not allow them to influence you. Your only reason to be in a relationship with them is to influence them. And that can be really difficult. And as I said last week, sometimes we have friends, people have friends, they call them good friends that are unbelievers, and and they sometimes think, well, they're better friends to me than my believing friends. Well, the problem with that is they'll put into your life, but they don't have the Holy Spirit, and so they could lead you and likely will lead you down a path you shouldn't go down. So be cautious with that. Um, I left you last week with um, two examples of a good friend. I'm not going to go back into that this week, except just to tell you that we talked about two friends that the, that um, King David had. One was Jonathan in 1 Samuel 23, and one was in and one was Nathan, who's in 2 Samuel 11 and 12. And so, you, if you want to read those stories, you'll get some ideas of what a good friend is. This is someone that will will care for you and encourage you, even if it costs them their life. That's how good that is. Now, let me say one more thing before we get into these um, these characteristics, and. That is this, and this is very general, it's not biblical, it's just something that I have found over the years, and I think you will be able to resonate with it. Let me tell you a a conversation I heard to illustrate it, a conversation I heard between two pastor's wives about their husbands, and here was the question, is your husband high maintenance or low maintenance? <laughs> and one pastor's wife said, "Oh, high maintenance." And they talked about what that was. The other one said, "Oh, low maintenance." Now, I bring that up here because with friends, a really good friend is not high maintenance. They are low maintenance. And what I mean by that, if you have a friend, and this doesn't mean you just dump these people, but if you have a friend that everything is about them, and you have to pay attention to how you're going to treat them or what you're going to say because they're so sensitive, and if they're someone that when you have a conversation, they're always the center of conversation, and they're always wanting to one-up everybody, um, that's not a good friend. Now, that doesn't mean you don't want to share with that it doesn't mean you're not in a friendship with them, but you understand what I'm saying? A low, a, a really good friend is low maintenance. It's reciprocal. You put into one another, and you don't have to, you don't have to walk on eggshells around them because they are secure in themselves. And honestly, this is why a believer is the only really good friend you can have because a believer doesn't get their significance from the friendship they get their significance from the Lord. They know who they are. Now, that doesn't mean that the friendship isn't something that, that, that you put into them and they put into you and you get something out of it. It's not like you get nothing out of it, but they're low maintenance. You don't have to walk on eggshells with them. And when you're in a friendship like that, that's when you can... It's like this. A good friend is somebody you can be you, and they can be them. 
There's not jealousy. There's not um, selfishness. There's not all those kinds of things. And I'm seeing some of your heads and some of your, some of your facial expressions. I think you guys are resonating with this. I think you know what I'm talking about. So with all that said, I'm going to go through and I'm going to give you eight characteristics tonight of a good friend. We're going to talk about a good friend. And these are characteristics that you can look at in the friends you have, but it's also a characteristic characteristics that you should have. And I want you to know what these characteristics are. It's just what it is to be a godly person. That's what it is. Because you want to be a good friend or you want good friends, you got to have godly people who are, like what we sang about tonight, who are being led by the Spirit, are being filled with the Spirit, and are sensitive to the Spirit, and they listen to the Spirit. So, I'm going to go through it fairly quickly, um, <clears throat> but here we go. Number one, characteristics of a godly friend. By the way, some of these will kind of revolve around one another, but these are things that I found in the Scriptures. Number one, they are encouraging or they are encouragers. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. A godly friend is someone who encourages you at all times. They encourage you when you have good things going on in your life, and they are an encouragement to you when, they, when you have discouraging things going on in your life. There are people who think about you and want to encourage you. Self-centered people aren't good friends. Neither can you be a good friend if you are self-centered because self-centered people, everything, it's always about them. They want you to encourage them. They don't want to encourage you, and we've got to be careful with that. That's just not what a godly person does. Number two, they are kind. They are kind. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Do you know what the word snarky means? I mean, really, do you, do you, do you really know what it means? You maybe have heard the word. I want you to know that godly people are not are not are not are not snarky. They are not snarky. Now, now by the way, nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes, right? I'm talking about a lifestyle. We're going to make mistakes from time to time and we're going to do things we shouldn't do. But as a general lifestyle, they aren't like that. The definition of snarky is critical or are mocking in an indirect or sarcastic way. Now listen, we live in a sarcastic, mean world. And we fall into that trap. I do as well. I'm far from perfect. I'm a jokester. I like to mess with people, and sometimes I step over the line. I do. Um, and so do you. But these are not the kind of people we need. I told you last week about John and he was my junior high friend. And in my relationship with him, he was always making fun of me. Always. I was always insecure around him. He wasn't a good friend. When I was in, and you've probably, some of you have heard this before, 
When I was in the eighth grade, I weighed, I was five foot four, 220 pounds. What that translates to is I was a little short fat kid. And he would make fun of me all the time. He'd call me fat. He'd tell me I can't run. He'd say, you can't even run a girl. He set up, he got all the, this class to set up for me to race one of the girls in the class. Now, why does somebody do that? Why do people do that kind of thing? And why do we fall into the trap? Because it's, it puts the focus on us, you know? It puts the focus on us. And sometimes we do those things because we're trying to cover up insecurities in our own life. In other words, we pick on other people to get the focus off of us. And so I just want to encourage you, um, be careful with that. A good friend is thoughtful and considerate about how they treat others. By the way, when I, was, when, I was a fresh, when I became a freshman in high school, about midway through my freshman year of high school, I went from 5 foot 4, 220 pounds, to 6 foot 2, 220 pounds. My legs, basically, I grew into my body, if you will. And I, and I found out, actually, that I had some speed. I mean, I could run. And for a big guy, I, I had that. And I had a friend, Gordon Moore. And Gordon Moore, I have no idea where he was. He was really a pretty small guy, and he kind of became my friend. And John, we, we, we ran this race. We used to run. I don't know if they run it anymore. We ran the 330 I don't know why I remember that, but we ran the 330, and John was making fun of me and telling me how he was going to beat me. And Gordon says to me, Tim, why do you let him do that to you? Why don't you beat him? I'll never forget it. Nobody had ever told me I could do something. What a good friend. He said, you can do that. I've seen you. Run the race. So I ran the race, and as I was running, I thought, yeah, I can run, because I gave in to the, to the criticism and I started running. I will never forget. I still have to look at the name because I want to say the guy's real name. John. <laughs> John, I ran past him. And he said, what are you doing? Tim, what are you doing? And I, I just kept going. And he was mortified that he got beat by the little fat kid who wasn't the little fat kid anymore. But be careful. You know, everybody's different. We're not all the same. And God made us unique, and we need to be, we need to be um, encouraging to people. Number three, they tell the truth, or they are truth tellers. They are truth tellers. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of, an, one of another. Good friends tell the truth. Godly friends tell the truth. Now, this is a little off of a, this is taking a little bit of a side street, um, and I'm, I'm on a little bit of a quest this year because the Lord has, has revealed something to me, and it's something I'm trying to work on, but I see it in other people. We all want to tell the truth, right? But it's amazing how quickly we can fall into untruths. And it goes something like this. I think that person is thinking that, 
or I know that person is thinking that. We begin to, we begin to project and assume that we know something when we really don't know it. And so I want to just tell you when, you, when you're talking amongst, and, and by the way, my dear wife, she's really sensitive to this and has helped me with this, with this whole concept of gossip. We don't want to gossip, but it's really a temptation. I think the evil one gets us, and so we start talking about people, and sometimes we assign motives to them. We assign thoughts to them. We don't maybe really know it, but we think we know it, and we assume it, and I just want to tell you, if you don't know it, don't assume it and don't say it. My youngest daughter went to one of the high school camps. I'll never forget it. She came home from camp, and she was telling me about this... uh, this uh, kid that was up there, and it, it went something like this. I'm sure it was, this is the way I remember, but it went something like this. You know, hey, how was camp? Oh, it was great. You know, hi, you know, did you make any friends? Yeah. And then out of the blue, she says, you know, there was one person up there, though, just drove me crazy. She's so stuck up. And I can't hardly stand to be around her. She just thinks she's so good. And I, I thought, wow, <laughs> how do you know all that? Well, I could just tell. I could tell by the way she acted. Well, we talked about that. I encouraged her that that probably wasn't, the, that probably wasn't really the nicest thing to do. And I, maybe, the, because I didn't know, maybe, maybe she was having a bad day or something. Maybe she wasn't stuck up. Maybe she was struggling. You know, I was just I was trying to come up with something, you know. And, oh, Dad, no, she's stuck up. She just thinks she's so good. Well, that next summer, (laughs) there was another camp, and she came home from that camp, and we had a similar conversation. And she said, oh, I made such a good friend at this camp. You want to guess who it was? That same girl. Because, see, she got to know the girl. Sometimes we do these kind of things. Oh, they're stuck up because they're quiet or we look at facial expressions. Might not be that at all. So be careful. We tell the truth. And so I say, unless you know it for sure, don't say it. Now, back to friends. If, you're, if you've got friends and they don't tell the truth, usually people that are just liars, it typically becomes a lifestyle, and it almost becomes like they don't know. I call them pathological liars. That's pretty strong wording. But sometimes I don't even think they know what the truth is. Well, you got to be careful around folks like that. But you also got to be careful not to be one of those folks. I'll tell you, if you have friendships that are that are liars, and sometimes they lie because they're trying to do this They're trying to look good, you know. They're trying to elevate themselves. That can get them into trouble. Don't do that yourself. But typically, people that lie, just conflict follows them around. It does. And uh, they're far from low maintenance. And sometimes they cause conflict with other friends. So be careful around those types of people. And again, I'm not saying you eliminate those people. You need to be a good friend to them. But be careful because I'm trying to get you to evaluate your own friendships because if you, if you make a friendship more than it should be, you risk getting hurt. So just be careful. Um, four, they support, and I've kind of already said this, but I, I, I want to tell you this. They support in difficult times. When you have struggles, they're there for you. And I'm bringing these up. They do kind of 
I'm saying kind of the same thing in some of these, but I'm trying to give you scriptures that teach this. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of God. A good friend, and this is a quality you should have, they have a listening ear. They will listen to you. Sometimes they, won't, sometimes they won't make it worse by trying to solve all your problems because sometimes we, we want to solve their problem and we can't solve the problem and it almost makes more problems for some. I can tell you, sometimes you don't want to tell people that you're having a struggle because you know they're going to try to fix you and they don't even really know what you're going through. So a good friend has a listening ear. And they don't forget about you. They're there for you. And we need to be those kinds of people. They don't ignore you. Um, And, you know, it's just amazing how some people, you're struggling, and I think this is an insecurity, and it's a thing we, I think we all need to work on. We're listening to somebody that's having a problem, and then, have you ever been around someone, you have a problem, and they always have a bigger problem than you do? So they don't really even listen to you. They just start telling you, you know, they're always worse than you are. Well, listen, um, be gracious to those folks, but I'm just telling you, don't be one of those people. If someone's struggling, don't try to solve their problems. Um, you might have some good advice for them, but I'll tell you, when someone's struggling, and now maybe this is just me, but when I'm struggling, when, when my wife Margie died, I didn't need a bunch of people to tell me how I needed to feel. I didn't need a bunch of people to tell me what I was going through. I just needed people to tell me they loved me and hug me and... and you know, just know that they were there. You know what I mean? Number five, they speak to you in loving ways. They speak to you in loving ways. Um, Ephesians 4.15 says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. A godly friend will try to, you know, when you have things going on and you're trying to put into their life, they will think about how to, how to talk to you. They will try to talk to you in a way that you can hear it. They will try to take your feelings into consideration. And, and that's, this is why a good friend takes time because it takes, good, it takes time to even know one another. Um, Michael and I, of course... I'm his uncle, he's my nephew, but we've known each other a long time. We know each other really well. And I'm telling you, Michael knows my weak spots. Michael knows my strengths. I know Michael's weaknesses. I know Michael's strengths. And when we talk to one another, we try to be respectful of one another when, we're, when we've got struggles we're trying to work through. So try to talk to them in a... In a in a loving way. And, and if you want to know how to do that, because I can't tell you exactly how to do it, but if you want to know how to do it, just do what the Bible says. Love, if you want to love someone, love them as you'd want to be loved. In other words, try to put yourself in their shoes and think, if it was me and someone was going to talk to me, how would I want to hear that? How would I want to have that communicated to me? And that might help you. Number six, am I right? Number six, a good friend prays for you. Now, 
James 5.16 says, Confess your sins one to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, um, this is, by the way, especially true if you want to talk to people in a loving way. The previous qualities we've talked about, praying, and I know we all know we're supposed to pray. I have a tendency to think, I mean, I know I don't pray as much as, I've never prayed as much as I want to, but I try. And I'm telling you, we tell somebody you pray for them, don't just tell them you pray for them, really pray for them. Um, People that pray don't just talk about it, they really pray. If a friend, and by the way, if a friend is praying for you or if you are praying for a friend, you won't forget about them. You won't forget about their struggle because it'll be before you. I'll I'll share with you a a story about prayer, a quick story about prayer that happened many years ago. Um, Just prayer works, you guys. And sometimes when you don't know how to help somebody, don't just pray for them, pray for you. And ask the Lord to help you. And men, especially men, I find men don't pray enough. Women seem to be much, I could be wrong, but I find that that ladies are always really quick to pray. We men don't pray enough. I think some of it's because we think we can go out and fix it on our own, but we need the Lord. Years ago, my wife Margie and our daughter were having a conflict. And I came home, and it was, you know how those things go. Mom and teenage daughter, and boy, they're going at it. And my daughter was being disrespectful to my mom, I mean, to, my, to her mom. And I said, you need to go in your bedroom. I'm not going to sit here and have you talk to your, to your mom that way. And I'll come in and talk to you in a minute. And then I talked to my wife, and I said, it's going to be okay. And she began to t- share with me. Now, here's, here's the deal. She shared with me what she had told our daughter, and I disagreed with her. I really didn't think she did the right thing. But I didn't feel like I could tell her that in that moment. Now, I went in and instructed my daughter, but I began to pray, Lord, this is hard. I mean, this is kind of how I prayed. Lord, this is hard. I disagree with my wife, but I don't know how to tell her that without feel like I'm not like I'm taking our daughter's side. You know, am I making sense? You understand what I'm saying? So I prayed, Lord, help me with this. I don't know what to do. So it was a day later we were driving, and Margie says to me, <laughs> she says, you know, Tim, when I was talking to Sharice, I really don't think I did the right thing. And she said this, what do you think? well I'm not stupid so I said and I'd been praying about it I said well I said sweetie it doesn't matter what I think the question is have you been talking to the Lord about it yes so you're thinking that's what the Lord's told you yes then I think that's then I think you're right And she said, what do you think I should do? (laughs) I said, what do you think you should do? She said, I think I should apologize to her. Is that what you think the Lord thinks you should do? Yes, then I think you should do that. But I would not have done all that had I not been praying. You understand? 
And so the Lord intervenes. So we've got to be, we've got to pray. You have conflicts with friends, pray. Because it might be that the Lord needs to work on you so that you can interact with your friend in a loving and godly way. Seven, godly friends aren't selfish. They aren't selfish. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. I've said it, but I bet you've been around people that always talk about themselves. I bet you've been around people that you share a story and they always want to share. You know, they always want to one-up you, all those kinds of things. These are the people that, you know, you do everything, you pay for everything. I mean, they're just, they're selfish and you're just lucky to be their friend. That's kind of the way they look at it. Well, listen. You can't be a good friend and you can't have a good friend if you're selfish or they're selfish. So I would encourage you to work on that. Now, I'm, I'm going to take another side street right, right here because I'm going to share with you something that drives me crazy. And I think it's centered in selfishness, although I bet you won't think about it. Um, I find that people are, it's almost pathological how people are late to things. Have you ever thought that when you're late to something and someone else is waiting for you, you're stealing their time? So I just want to say, your age group, I, I think it's a godly quality to be on time. You know why it's a godly quality? Because then you're a person of your word. Now let me say something else. Texting, when, you're, when someone's talking to you and you get a text and you pick up and you look at it and they're talking to you and you're not paying attention, because you're looking at your text, that's kind of rude. That's kind of selfish. You know what? You can actually let the pe person wait that texted you. Now, I got a text there right before I came up, and I answered it. I would not typically do that, but it was from someone who's burying their husband on Saturday, and she was talking to me about the funeral. That was something I had to take, but I wasn't talking to anybody when it had happened. You understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> um, we need to be careful not to be selfish or self-centered. And we live in a world that causes us to think about number one, and that is not a godly quality. We always think about other people. And then finally, and I don't need to say too much more about this, but godly people and godly friends are not jealous. They're not jealous. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, you know it really well. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. The word there for does not envy is jealous. They aren't jealous. They aren't boastful or arrogant or rude. And what I mean by that is a good friend rejoices with you when good things happen to you. They're not jealous of you. A good friend, you know, they, it's, it's not like they don't want you to do well. They only want themselves to do well. Quick story and then we'll be, we'll be done. I have a friend who's a pastor 
years ago, he went to, he went to, um, the Lord called him to another church in another town, and he was an associate at that church. The senior pastor went on vacation, and when the senior pastor went on vacation, he had my friend preach for, I don't know, two, three, however many weeks he was gone. When he came back, when he came back, the people in the church told the pastor how much they enjoyed the associate who was my friend. You know what happened? My friend got fired. And you know why he got fired? Because the pastor was jealous. Now, that's maybe not something that applies directly to this because that's a work relationship, but, but that's people that are jealous are jealous of what you have, and a good friend is not jealous. A good friend wants you to have good things go on in your life. They're not jealous for that. I told you, I told you um, um, about my high school friend that, that the girlfriend that I had told him we were broke up, and he went out with her and did things with her that her and I never did together. And see, that's kind of a self-centered, jealous thing. He, he wanted her, and he, he justified away why that was okay. That's not a good friend. We, good, godly people care about one another. So there you go. Eight qualities. I know they kind of revolve around, but I'll give you eight more next week. And I want you to know that I'm not trying to say everything that can be said about friendship. I'm just trying to get you to think about it. And I want, to, I want to leave you with this, and I've already said it. You're going to have people in your life that are not good friends, but you need to be a good friend. Because if you're a, if you're a person who calls on the name of the Lord and has the Holy Spirit living within you, whether you are treated good or not, you need to treat people good, because that's what godly people do. God bless you all.